0: you, Chris. Thank you for the opportunity to bring God's word today. I appreciate it very much. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited to hear God's word today. Um, I'm I'm to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm ready to give a Ric Flair up here and just, ah, you know, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm that ready. I'm that ready. So guys, if you will join me in prayer and we'll dive in today. Father, you're good. You're so good, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, what's already been said in this place, Lord, that your word does not return void. And I pray, Father, that that as we dive in today, that you would speak what you will, that you would say what you want to say, Lord. I thank you, God. I love you, Jesus. Bless these people today through your word, your name. Amen. All right. Well... You know, the holidays bring on all kinds of um, emotions, the holidays bring on all kinds of memories, and one of the things that uh, uh, was a memory that, do I need a switch, buck or are we good? Drop it. We good there? Perfect. All right, just had to drop it a little bit. So one of the things that kind of I started thinking about as I was preparing our message today as I was seeking the Lord was travel. A lot of people traveling right now. We get a lot of people on the road. And travel just came to my mind because travel was always something that I really enjoyed growing up. Yeah, not so much now. I'm not a road tripper now. But back in the day, uh, I really loved a good road trip. I would get excited about the prospect of packing my bags. I would get excited about the prospect of, of going either someplace I hadn't been in a while or going someplace I'd never been. It was exciting. It was something that I looked forward to and, and just the whole process. But something would always happen along the way. You, you, you get into the middle of the journey, so to speak, and, and then you have those moments where you're just done. The travel is no longer fun. The journey is no longer exciting. You just want to be there. You just want to be there. I, I remember my wife and I took a trip to Oklahoma one time to see our dear friend Heather. Um, Caitlin's Aunt Heather, Matthew's Aunt Heather, um, she's been a, an amazing part of our lives for a long, long time. And, and so we went on a journey to see Heather, and, and of course, Caitlin was excited to spend time with her aunt, and my wife was excited to be with her best friend. It was a great time, one of the best times we've ever had on a trip. And we're on our way home, and, and of course, after you've had all the fun and you're on your way home, you just want to be home and And we we're in the middle of this process, and our our two and a half year old sitting in the back it's it's quiet. My wife and I are having conversation, and our two and a half year old sitting in the back seat goes, "Somebody get me out of this freaking car seat <laughs> 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 yeah, and of course, Christina and I just absolutely lose it at that point because. It just came out of nowhere. But, I mean, how often is that us? You know, we, we're excited to go. We're excited to get into the journey. We're excited to start the process. And then somewhere along the way, we're just like, get me out of this. I am done. Well, I'm, I'm hoping to take us on a journey today. Uh, I've titled this message, The Journey to Hope. And, and, and I'm hoping that as we take this journey, I'm hoping that as we get into the middle of this process, I'm hoping you guys will hang with me till the end because as you guys know that have been on road trips before, the destination is almost always worth it. When you finally get there, all the stuff you went through to get there, you don't even remember that nine times out of ten. And so I pray that you'll hang with me today as we go on this journey. I got a lot to unpack. I pray that uh, the Lord will, will use it and and will... Um, and we'll bless you through it. And so let's just dive right into the scripture. I'm going to be in Matthew 15, our main text today. Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. And then we'll um, jump around in scripture a little bit. But if you will, turn to Matthew 15, um, verse 21. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Now, I'm sure the woman in this story, in the middle of this journey that she is on, had a lot of well-intentioned individuals in her life. She probably heard a lot of encouraging quotes. She probably heard people tell her things like, you know, you'll get through this. Hang in there. She probably heard a lot of positivity, but it didn't change her situation. In fact, the only thing that did change her situation was Jesus. He can change anybody's difficult situation. Because one encounter with Jesus will change your world. She had this encounter with Jesus. But if you'll notice in, in verse 23, at the beginning of her journey, so to speak, he did not even answer her. Verse 23 says, Jesus did not answer a word. So how do we get from the total silence of Jesus in this situation, to the happy ending that we read about. How do we get to the hope? Well, flip over, keep your fingers there in Matthew, and flip over, if you will, to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to pick up in uh, verse 3. It says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. We see in these verses the journey. Paul tells us that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And that word hope means assurance. That word hope means confidence, which we'll talk about later. But notice where the journey begins. It doesn't begin with the excitement that I had growing up, packing the bags and thinking about where we're going. And It doesn't begin with that. Notice that the journey begins with suffering. And, and, and I want you to think about that word for a minute because I think a lot of times when we hear the word suffering, when we think about that word, we go all the way to the end of the spectrum where we think about death and pain and destruction and all of this stuff. But, but there's a whole other side to that as well. You could be suffering without all that. That word suffering means a pressing, a pressure. I would venture to say that there are many of us in this room that feel a pressing today. They feel a pressure today in some way, shape, or form. Because the one thing that I know, and I'm not there yet, but I'm getting old. And the one thing that I know is you can't avoid suffering. None of us can avoid it. We will all go through it or we are all in it to some degree. We're on the journey. And so what do we do with that? We can't avoid it. We'll all suffer it at one degree. We're, we're, we're on the journey together. i I'll tell you the one thing that you should not do with it. Don't compare your suffering to others. Don't fall into that trap. See, when you start comparing your suffering to others, you've taken your eyes off of your blessings. You've taken your eyes off of the things that the Lord has deposited within your life that are good. You're not dwelling on whatever is pure, on whatever is holy, on whatever is right. You are now focused completely on your suffering. And While you're focused on your suffering, you may make some other mistakes along the way. Because when we, when we start comparing our suffering, you know, at least you have your health. You don't have it as bad as. When we start doing those things, when we start looking at other people and comparing my suffering to their suffering, we get stuck. Because, number one, we're either avoiding or attempting to avoid our suffering by comparing it to somebody else, by comparing it to what somebody else is going through. And and if you're in that situation where you're avoiding, where where you're suffering avoiding, if you will, you're not moving out of suffering and into perseverance. Because you keep trying to avoid your suffering. I said earlier, we will all suffer at some point in time and to some degree. But you can't move through that. You can't finish the journey if you don't face it. You can't avoid it whether it's something simple as arthritis in your hands or whether it's something deep and dark that you can't even see your hand in front of your face, you have to deal with it. You can't avoid it. You can't minimize it. That's another mistake that we do with our suffering is that we minimize our suffering. We, we say things like, Once again, I don't have it as bad as fill in the blank, or it could be worse, or we minimize our suffering. And when we minimize our suffering, we don't move from perseverance to character. Now hear me, once again, I'm not saying that our focus should be on our suffering, should never be on our suffering, but we do have to deal with it. And when we minimize it, we don't move from perseverance, or from perseverance to character. Or maybe in the middle of comparing our suffering by focusing so much and so intently on what somebody else is going through, by, by trying to avoid it, by trying to minimize it, ultimately what we're going to do is stifle growth with thoughts like, I should be able to handle this. I look at the way that, that this person handles suffering and I see that, that they're handling it with such faith and I see that they're handling it with such, with such heroism and I'm like, why can't I handle it that way? Now all of a sudden, I am stifling my own growth in the process. And we can't do that either because if we do that, we never move from character to hope. We never complete the journey. So suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Let's look back at our Canaanite woman. Verse 22, she cries out, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. have any parents in the room? This is excruciating suffering. Because as you parents know, when your child is hurting, when your child is suffering, whether it's from a 103 degree fever or, or, or emotional pain of being bullied at school or whatever the situation is, when your child is suffering, you are suffering. And probably worse than your child. Because you've already walked through some of that junk. You already know what it feels like. You already know how hard that can be. So all of your baggage comes along, and then all of their stuff that they're dealing with, this is excruciating suffering for this woman. It's the suffering of a parent that can do nothing about their child's circumstances. That's crushing. I've been through it. It hurts to watch your children suffer. And this mother is hurting bad. But Jesus didn't say a word. She said, have mercy on me. But verse 23, Jesus didn't answer a word. How did our woman respond in this situation? How did she deal with this situation? Well, the scripture tells us without telling us how she dealt with the situation. we look at what the disciples said. Send her away for she keeps crying out after us. I can just hear the annoyance in the disciples' voice at this. You know, this woman, have mercy on me. I'm sure tears running down her eyes because, as we talked about, she's in excruciating suffering. And and just wailing, just crying, just wanting a word from Jesus because one word from Jesus can change everything. And this woman's a Gentile, but yet she's seeking the one person that can change everything. But he won't speak to her. And the disciples, seeing that Jesus will not speak to her, are now annoyed for Jesus. Can you imagine? How many times do we get annoyed for Jesus? As if he can't handle his own problems. Yeah, as if he's not God. But here we are, annoyed for Jesus. And they're like, send her away. She won't leave us alone. She refused to quit. She did not Give up. In her suffering, she moved into perseverance. Now, that word perseverance has been defined as persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in accomplishment. I'm going to read that again Persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in accomplishment. Church, how do you handle difficulty? Or worse yet, if you're like me, how do you handle delay? Because difficulty, man, I I can face a challenge. I may not want to face a challenge. I I may not get up in the morning and say, Lord Jesus, throw every challenge you can at me today. That may not be my attitude when I get up every day. But I'm willing to face a challenge. I'm willing to look at something difficult and say, bring it on that old disney cartoon rocks at the bottom bring it on i'm willing to do that i'm willing to face that but delay my my family's always on me about my patience level i remember growing up the patient song be patient that song used to drive me nuts don't be in such a hurry I just wanted to tell them, be quiet, which spoke to my impatience. But, um, you know, I'm still dealing with that. How do we handle that? How do we handle delay? How do we handle difficulty? Let me tell you, church, we must persevere. Because catch this, failure to persevere leaves us in a perpetual state of suffering. If we refuse to persevere, we will continue to suffer. You might move through the one thing that you're suffering only to move into another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing because you refuse to persevere. I know these people in my life. I have some of these people in my life. They whine, they complain, they gripe about everything because they're always suffering. They refuse to persevere but the woman in our story moved into that perseverance. And think about this for a minute. We know the ending to this story. We know as if you flip all the way to the end, the demon left her that very hour. Think about that for a minute. Where would she be if she didn't persevere? Probably not in Matthew. Probably not as an example to us. If she had went away, we would know nothing about this story. Her daughter would have continued to suffer. She would have continued to suffer. It would not have been a happy ending. Now, our woman finally does get the attention of Jesus, both indirectly and and, and directly. In verse 24, um, we see that uh, Jesus finally responds, and he responds by saying, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So the disciples have come to him and said, send this woman away. She keeps crying out after us. She won't leave us alone. And Jesus says, hey, I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. Not here for her. Now, I'm sure she overheard all of this. Scripture doesn't tell us that, but she was obviously chasing after Jesus, following after Jesus, running after Jesus, wailing, crying. I'm sure she probably heard this little sidebar here as far as I've only come for the lost sheep of Israel. Now, big-time choice for her. Romans tells us that if we persevere, we move into character. But that's a choice. See, that's, that's the whole thing about this journey that we're on today. It's all a choice. It's all a decision. You can't have the hope without going through the journey. Without the suffering and the perseverance and the character, you can't get to the hope. It's all a choice. And our woman here is faced with a choice. I want to point out to the scripture in verse 25, and let's look at her choice. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. What a choice. What a choice. There's a, there's a lot there. It, it seems real simple when we read it, but there is a lot there. She knelt before him. Some translations say she worshipped him. She acknowledged him as Lord. Acknowledging his authority in the matter. Our, our story is actually paralleled in Mark chapter 7 verses 24 to uh, 30. And um, in my research and in my digging... The only time in the entire Gospel of Mark that he uses the word Lord is with this woman kneeling at the feet of Jesus. It's the only time you find the word Lord in the Gospel of Mark. How did she respond? She fell at the feet of Jesus. She worshipped him. She acknowledged his authority in the matter. She humbled herself. See, character and humility, that's hand in hand. She humbled herself. I don't know if, if you've ever dealt with an emotional woman. I mean, I, uh, I, I grew up around some emotional women. <laughs> no comment. I, I grew up around some emotional women. I won't call out names or anything like that but I grew up around some of those I've dealt with some of those in the workplace I've dealt and and I'm not knocking women by any stretch of the imagination but uh the story revolves around a canine woman and so uh, that's where I'm going with this but when when a woman is is emotional particularly about a child do not get in her way do not mess with that woman do you think that this woman is just all together in this story? I mean, do you think? I mean, yes, she's crying, but do you think that? No, she is out of her mind, not so crazy at this point. That's why the disciples want her to go away. And in the middle of this, for her to recognize in the middle of this, I must get on my knees. I must acknowledge his lordship in the matter. For her to to realize in the midst of her pain and her suffering and her emotions, I've got to show and display character. I've got to handle this the right way. That is huge. That is huge. So what happens? Verse 26, Jesus replies, It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. What? this point in the scripture this this wrecked me when i read this because i'm picturing this woman tears running down her eyes on her knees before jesus sobbing uncontrollably my daughter's demon possessed i need a miracle i could just see her down on her knees just absolutely pouring it all out before this man. And he says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Wow. Wow. What do you do with that? This woman's face with with a very, very big decision at this point. What do you do with that? She can, as Job's friends encouraged him to do, curse God and die, or his wife encouraged him to do. I'm sorry, curse God and die. She could do that at this point. She could get up and say, I just poured myself out to you. I came to you in, in all this humility, and I and that's how you're gonna respond to me. Well, I knew you were a fake and I knew you were a phony anyway. And she could go off on the Lord at this point in time. She could lose her stuff. She could, she could, what more do you want from me? I mean, she could just rail away in anger, curse God and die, as I said. But what does she do? Verse 27, yes, Lord, she says. There's that word again. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. I can just see her on her knees completely defeated, because the one person she knew that could change her circumstances and her situation just said no. Now, if you know anything about Jesus, you know he's not really saying no. And if you know anything about Jesus, you know that he's not acting like a jerk in this situation. Because that's not our Jesus. Jesus. But sometimes we're going to suffer so that we can persevere, so that we can display character. And sometimes, sometimes God wants to make sure that that character's genuine. Because you could say, you could do any, I mean, how many of you have heard people say, God, you get me out of this one and I'll fill in the blank. where There's no character there. Is this woman's character genuine, or is this all emotion? God is not being angry. He's not mean. He's not not down on this woman. He's actually, believe it or not, helping her complete her journey. How many times is he helping us complete our journey, but we're too impatient, how many times is he helping us complete our journey, but it's too difficult for us, so we're out. He's, he's actually helping her. Now, she can't see it, and many times we can't see it. But our response is everything. And so is hers. Still on her knees. I can picture it. She's still on her knees eyes downcast she won't she can't even look at him at this point completely totally utterly defeated yes lord but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table once more she displays humility but in this statement she goes one step further she acknowledges her unworthiness as well as once more acknowledging Jesus' authority. Very much like the Pharisee and the tax collector story we heard about a couple of Sundays ago. Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. She acknowledges that. Yes, Lord. She doesn't say, I ain't no dog. Who are you calling dog? She doesn't get up on her feet and just go at him. No, she says, yes, you're right. I'm a dog. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy of whatever you have. People, we are unworthy of whatever he has. Unmerited favor. That's what grace is. But how many times do we approach Jesus with entitlement? As, as if anywhere in here, it says that we will never suffer. As if anywhere in here, it says that, that our suffering is going to be five days, three hours, and 15 minutes. As it, No. All it says is, hey, you're going to suffer. But it does say take heart. Because I've overcome the world. It does say I will never leave you or forsake you. You know, the one constant through this whole story, Jesus never left. He never walked away from this woman. He never turned a deaf ear to this woman. He was always there, listening the whole time, present the whole time. And he's there for you, listening and present in your circumstances, whatever they may be. So what does she do? Yes, Lord, she says. She displays humility again. She acknowledges her unworthiness as well as once more acknowledging Jesus' authority. And it is in this moment Jesus comes through. It's in this moment Jesus comes through. One one more request on her part. Yes, Lord. You may be one more prayer away. You you may be one more kneeling down before Jesus away from that response that Jesus is going to give this woman. He, He looks at her at this point, and he speaks and says, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Notice he speaks to her from her place of humility, first of all. He, he, he speaks to her from, from her place of character. And he says, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. I can picture Jesus at this point when, when she says, yes, Lord, But even the dogs get crumbs from the table. I can just picture Jesus' heart breaking. Not that it wasn't already broken, but I can just picture that gush of love welling up inside of him, that that proud papa moment. She gets it! and i can just picture him reaching down and grabbing her hand and lifting her to her feet and looking her in her eyes which probably were downcast the whole time because she was a gentile and and probably you know out of you know just whatever i can picture him just looking at her and saying you have great faith almost like well done you have great faith notice the word to use there though you have great faith that's important. That's important. We'll, we'll look at that. Now, if, if we look at our parallel story in Mark, and I, I, won't, I won't ask you to turn there, but if you look at the parallel story in Mark and, and you look at how it ends, in Mark chapter 30 it says, so she went home. She went home. This is important. You see, we've got to remember what Romans says. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. She did not continue to stand before Jesus and wail and cry. And she did not do what a lot of us are prone to do in, in our overeducated mind and ask for confirmation. Jesus, can you just give me confirmation that my daughter's healed? Can can you just like, you know, paint me a picture? Can you just, she didn't do that. She went home. She just goes home. Why? Because her character produced hope. And remember, hope is confidence. Hope is assurance. That should sound familiar to you because in Hebrews 1 it tells us faith is confidence. In what? In what we hope for. Assurance in what we do not see. She could confidently go home with assurance that her daughter was healed because she put her hope in Jesus. She put her trust in In Jesus, you have great faith. And you know know what Paul also says in Romans, I didn't read this part, but you know what Paul says? Paul says, hope does not disappoint. As long as you're putting your hope in Jesus, you will never be disappointed. Ever. He may not deal with your suffering, perseverance, and character the way you might want him to. He may not make your situation go away. Paul dealt with a thorn in his side. Hello? He may not take it completely away from you. But hear me when I say this. You put your hope in Jesus. You will not be disappointed. Have assurance. Have confidence that it is done. Done. You you want to get to hope, persevere. Persevere with character. And you will get your hope. But watch this. You've got to exercise your faith. You've got to exercise your faith. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, Mark tells us that not only did she go home, but she found her child lying on the bed with the demon gone. Her faith didn't disappoint. And your faith will not disappoint either. Your faith will not disappoint either. Church, I know whether you're online, whether you're in this room with us, whether you're traveling and listening to it, I know wherever you're at today, there's many in this place suffering. Many. Different levels, sure, but nevertheless, suffering. Maybe you're dealing with a health issue. Maybe you're dealing with an economic issue. Can't find a job, don't know where to look, don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill. Maybe you got a broken relationship that you're dealing with. Strained friendship. Maybe you're just tired. Maybe you're just so tired you don't know how you're going to get out of bed tomorrow. You barely made it here. That is suffering. Of course, maybe it is the extreme, and, and maybe it is death. Maybe your suffering is so bleak, it's so dark, it's so black, as I mentioned earlier, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. What do we do? Where do we go? We persevere. We persevere. We kneel like this woman did before the one who can trade our ashes for glory. We keep fighting. We don't give up. We hang in there. We acknowledge the lordship of Jesus and we hope. Because if we have done that, Jesus will not disappoint. And when you receive that answer from Jesus... When he speaks into that situation, exercise your faith and believe that it's done. Don't go back to the suffering. Believe that it's done. Operate like it's done. Act like it's done. Talk like it's done. Trust. Because we've got, got to know that our God is good that he will come through if you will persevere if you will exercise character if you will hope in the one that can change everything then like the woman in the story of Matthew you can confidently go home you can confidently go home because when you get there it's done He's gone ahead of you. He's done the work. It's done. I hope that you'll take the journey. That's not an easy journey. Suffering sucks, to be blunt. It's not easy. But persevere. Persevere. those people in your life that will help you persevere if you can't do it alone persevere exercise character don't curse God, don't curse your circumstances don't get so caught up being focused on your suffering that you allow it to make you bitter trust the Lord put your eyes on Him, exercise character and hope and hope the worship team is going to lead us back into worship and and my prayer is that as they do my my prayer is is that wherever you're at in this process, in this journey you know there's light at the end of the tunnel that lights hope And, and, and my prayer is wherever you're at in the journey, if you're at the beginning of the suffering, in the middle of the suffering, if you've moved into the character stage, my prayer is as the worship team leads us back in that you Will passionately and that you will confidently beat down the doors of heaven until you get an answer. May not be today, may not be tomorrow. Keep fighting, keep pushing. You get your answer because God does not disappoint. You get your answer because you are a son or a daughter of the living God. He's not going to leave you hanging. You will get your answer. Press in. Sometimes you got to press in. Take this time and press in. Take this time and seek the Lord. I love you, church.